Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, the lines of music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm Ghost Ones of Burns, my kind of our Save Wars was nice to be on for this one. I'm joined by a special guest, Jamil Davis, once again, longtime friend of the show, longtime friend of mine, uh, one of the hip hop experts that, that I always got to talk to whenever really dope albums drop. But thanks for being on, man. And I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. And as always, it's, it's a great time. It's a great time over at Full Scope. Yeah, man, I'm hyped. Let's get to it. Absolutely. And we have for this episode, we have a lot of album reviews to, to discuss. And in the second half, we're going to do a review of um, Father's Day, a Kirk, Kirk Franklin story, the, the new documentary that came out. Um, to start off with Nas Magic 3 album, um, you know, this was the last one he announced that him and Hip Boy were doing six albums in three years. It, it's it's really crazy, like the run that they've been on. The fact that Nas in his fifth, like just turned 50, is able to rap at this level. The, the, pen, the pen is just is still extremely sharp. And it's interesting because after Magic 2, because Magic 2 got some mixed reception. Some people were like, oh, I don't know if I like it as much. But I think them coming back so quick with Magic 3 and people just unanimously liking this was, was a great send off. Uh, what did you think about this project and just also just what they've been able to do these last three years? Six, six albums, six albums in three years. Oh, like, at some point, you have to recognize Nas as one of if not the greatest mc of greatest mc of all time and most cons- and most consistent consistent, consistent. Yeah. it's like you can't do six out like bro like consistency can't occur with you doing six albums in 3 years um the most remarkable literally the most remarkable run that i've ever seen from from an artist yeah and from an artist producer from an artist producer combination, like to to consistently use the same producer and have one, maybe two albums that you would be like, mm, yeah, there was y'all could have did better. Y'all could have did better with the beats. Yeah, there was one or two that were just like okay. Yeah, but for the most part, bro, everything was just like exceptional. Like I- I'm just gonna be honest, like there were some some tracks on here. Like Blue Bentley, um, uh, the, the the track he the, the track the track he did with Wayne, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of Face Off True Events, Japanese Soul Bar, bro. There's so many beats on here. I'm like Nip, like Hit Boy was just in such a pocket, bro. Like I can't even. They, these were songs I just even this morning I had to keep replaying because they this was just otherworldly type of production. Yeah, like bro literally made his own. Nas literally made his own birthday song with Fever. Like, like you know, what I'm saying, I, 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 I wish fifty for, I wish fifty for everyone else. Like th- that's that's a that's a whole bar and affirmation in itself. Like I'm, yeah. I, I wish long life for other people. I wish long life for other people. Like that's just that's just like one of the greatest things to like say on a on a rap album. Like and for him to, for number one for him to drop it on his birthday was. Major chef's kiss in and of itself, <laughs> um, and I think he dropped it literally right as he was having his birth, right as he was having his birthday party. Yeah, and everybody, um, sh- everybody showed up to that man. Literally, Kendrick, Kendrick, the, whole, was there. the whole block was there. I was like, this, listen, and you know, and then to top it all off, um, dropping dropping a new album, and then a few weeks later, heading right out. 
on the second run of the New York State of Mind tour with Wu Tang. Yeah. Um, and this and this year's special guest is De La Soul. Um, and um, rest in peace to Dave, True Order Dove. Yes. Um, but they 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 found a very decent replacement for for True Order Dove for this tour in Talib Kweli. Um, yeah, like Kweli Kweli comes out and does Kweli comes out and does does Dave's verses on some Man. of the songs, and then they actually let him do like like one or two songs as well. It's 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 a remarkable thing. Like it, it really is a remarkable thing, but more so this this album, bro. Um Never Die with Lil Wayne is a standout track on this album. Lil Wayne has the standout verse on this album. He's got um, the he, Wayne really carries the title of like how is he still doing this at this point of his career? And he's dropping a mixtape this Friday. Like he really is that guy that man. I mean, obviously, growing up, Wayne was like that guy who was dropping mixtapes every week, and he, yeah. was, he was just he was put out music consistently, and he wouldn't stop. But like even today, Wayne is still that guy. He's still, mm-hmm. you know, for a feature, he's not going to mail it in because some artists still mail it in. Wayne is never going to mail it in. Like he's going yeah. to do his best. And and people, and I've I've seen people on social media be like, ah, oh, you know, saying the verse was okay, but he really wasn't saying anything. No, like you have to literally go back and really listen to Yeah. Really listen to it was like bar after bar after bar after bar after bar. I was like I was like Wayne. Like and I felt like Wayne was just like, yo, I'm gonna be on a I'm on a song with Nas on Nas's last album with Hit Boy. And and they gave me this beat. Come on. Nah, now. Like, the sample. It actually is like one of the best beats on on the entire album. Yeah, and um, so I love that song. I love Pretty Young Girl. Um, Blue Bent Blue Bentley was was another one. Um, as well as ja- as well as Japanese. So like, I'm just I'm very impressed with if this is how you end the. This, this is, is how you it. end the Nas Hit Boy saga. This is how you end the Nas Hit Boy saga. Like, <laughs> legit, legit, and yeah. you know, shouts out, shouts out to the block. They, they, yeah. they did their numbers on this one. So yeah, and, and, and I know we were mentioning this a couple of days ago. Me personally, Magic, the first Magic and Kings Disease Two are like my for my favorites overall from from this run from them. Do you have like a particular favorite that you're like, yo, that's the project from them? I just keep going back to. KD two is the jam. K KD two is the jam. KD two always gonna be the jam for me. And and the first magic literally comes in, literally comes in at, in second. But KD two is the jam. Like yeah, man. everything about everything about the headspace I was in when KD two came out, I was just like, you know, um, first time was my jam. Nobody was nobody is nobody is the the like and he always seems to manage to get people who's gonna come in with spectacular guest verses yes. at the right moment in their life. <laughs> and That's so tough. Coming in with that verse on nobody, Man. like like set like set it off for me. I think like I, I think honestly, KD two is out of the six album 
six album saga, KD2 is the jam. KD2 sure. is the one. For sure. It, it definitely, definitely is. And before we move on, I just got to say, man, I need a Nas and Alchemist album before he before he heads out. That's the that's the next producer I need him to link up with. I know it's there. I know it's there. I know they're talking, but it's just that's the one I need to see next. <laughs> like they can do it. I we need the inevitable Nas DJ Premier album. Oh yeah, for sure. But we absolutely it. positively need a Nas a Nas Alchemist album and and a Nas Alchemist album in the same vein that Alchemist would give to like a Benny the Butcher or um, to like a Benny the Butcher or a Conway. Cause you know, they've done albums, they've done full albums together. Yeah. So like some, some Griselda type of some Griselda type of flavor, you know, or, e- or even the type of flavor that he would give to Freddie Gibbs. Like, I just, I feel like, that's a pocket. I feel like, That's a pocket right there. <laughs> so, like, I, I feel like Nas can do it. I feel like at this at this point, Nas is just. I feel like at this point, Nas is just showing off. Like he really he is. Just showing he's off flexing. Right now. He's just flexing. He's just like, I can yeah. just come in and consistently give you great verses over over this over this awesome production because yep. I kept saying for the longest, I don't I know how to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the knock on him. That was the knock on Nas. That was it. But but that outside of that, bro, lyrically, like, I don't know how to choose quality production. So I just showed you with one producer. Yeah, he's not missing. That's it. Yeah. Um, and now getting into our next review with Diddy's "The Love" album off the grid. Um, in this new project, you know, there's a lot of imaginative production, and Diddy shows that he's always going to have a good ear for the genre. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan, Jazzy Sway Lee, and many others. Um, have really good performances as well. And when when Diddy made the statements earlier in the year about R&B is dead, I feel as though he was he was planning something. He was coming with something because he knew he had he had he knew he had these songs in the tuck. And I'm like, bro, this is some amazing music, bro. Like this is yeah. one of the best R&B albums I've heard in a while. Diddy, you can say whatever you want about Diddy in terms of you know his personality and his certain his, his certain quirks that he has, but he knows how to put a project together. Um, I think this is this is going to be an album that's hard to top for a lot of R&B artists going forward because Diddy yeah. just Diddy knows what to do and he he assembled the the Avengers for this. But w- what were some of your thoughts on this and takeaways? Everybody, a lot of people that I've seen on social media said this is this is the um, this is going to be the Toxic Boys R&B album for for the rest of the year. Like we got um, this on lock. This is our <laughs> like, like the, the the toxic the toxic cats. Are in the building with the podcast in the building with this, <laughs> and, they, and they absolutely right with this. Like, um, it's just no, like I, I wasn't expecting this album to be this good, but it really is a good album. Yeah, like the Mary joint is the the Mary joint is ridiculous, but you, what else do you expect from Mary J. Blige and, and at this and point? Blake? Yeah, come on. Like, that's, yeah. that's 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 cruise control. But the the Jazzy joint is nice. Yeah. Um I really did like the jazz I really did like Jasmine. the Jasmine yeah. joint. Um yeah, I also was- like how he took a lot of he took a lot of samples from stuff that he ar- already used mm-hmm. like back in the 90s and reimagined the sample for 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 these newer tracks or brought in things 
that made you, that reminded you of past tracks that he had yeah. done before tracks that he had done before tracks that some of his artists had done before yeah um it's a lot of it, it it was a lot of slick biggie references Ooh, yeah in in this album too and so yeah like we we all make jokes about the fact that Diddy don't really make beats like Diddy don't really make beats like that. So how can Diddy call himself a producer? Diddy's a producer, and I tell people this all the time, even though I even though I make the jokes myself. Diddy's a producer in the vein of a Quincy Jones exactly. or a Rod a Rod Temperton. Like I bring the people in mm-hmm. that I know can create the magic that I hear in my head. Mm. And um, and that's 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 Diddy, as far as as far as a producer is is, is concerned. Yeah, and he he showed that. Oh, for on sure. This album, he absolutely showed that on this album. So yeah, top top notch album from beginning, top notch album from beginning to end. Like yeah, it's just, it, re- it really was, and and that's the thing. Like like, do you feel as though this also was like a reminder album? Because I feel like some people some people don't know. It's been like a while since Diddy has dropped an album. I think like 13 years. So some people just forgot, you know, Diddy, like he's still that guy in terms of like, you know, finding, you know, finding the right pocket for artists. Like what, what impressed you the most about, cause like sometimes like, you know, DJ Khaled, a, a, a DJ Khaled about like bringing artists together, but not really knowing the right songs to put them on. Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you feel as though like that's an experience thing with Diddy or just the fact that he's got these really great connections? Cause you can have great connections but knowing how to use them is really what separates the greats from from the average. Oh no, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely the case with Diddy. From 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 the the moment he decides, oh, I want to be an artist myself, yeah, and does no way out. He knew this is the this is the move that I want to make as far as this album is concerned. Mm-hmm. This album is supposed to be another entrance into the 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 New York rap lexicon with this album with yeah. with the love album it is on a mainstream level i feel like people aren't really recognizing i feel like people aren't really recognizing r&b like they should mm-hmm. on a mainstream level and we should get back to the type of r&b that we were making within the 90s so let me um let me make sure that I put my stake in if I'm gonna complain about the fact that R and B isn't where it is isn't where it needs to be on a mainstream level. Um because like especially with the people that he had on this album, he can't Diddy can't legitimately say that R&B isn't where it's supposed to be with the with the artists that he had <laughs> yeah. on this album. Exactly. Because it's like, okay, Diddy, that's how you going to tell us That's the contradiction. How you going to tell us R&B ain't where it need to be and you had Mozzie on you had Mozzie <laughs> on the album, bro. Exactly. Like, how you going to tell us R&B ain't where it need to be and you had you Summer had Walker. <laughs> Walker on the album, bro. You like, had Summer Walker. <laughs> You had Summer Walker, and Summer Walker literally makes, literally makes '90s type R and B with yeah. a with a new 
with a new feel to it. You had you had Jazzy, you had Tia, you had Tiana Taylor on that. Come on, come on. But come but R and B ain't where it need to be. Come on, sir. Yeah, you had her on that. Yeah, you had her. <laughs> it's like I I'm just at this point at this point you just you just trolling now because you knew you had these songs in the bucket yeah. and and I feel like there's like more artists that he really wanted to have. Um, because there's a, there's there was there were songs on the album where you could have easily put an Alex Isley. Oh on, yeah, yeah, on the album you could have easily put a bit of Victoria Monet on the album. She's dope. like just this type, just just those type of things. But I think I think this isn't the last time that we get to experience Diddy. In his arm in, in his RB bag right in this particular era that I, I think we I think there's more to come um and I'm and I'm kind of anxious to see where he where he gonna take us so yeah it's that it's, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see because this, this is the, probably gonna be the start of something of more projects he's gonna want to put out in the next couple of years and I think like you said it, it's it, it's gonna there's other artists Alex Isley's of the world Victoria Monet is such a great songwriter um mm-hmm. what she can say she's so underrated but you everybody knows her by now but she's still in so, in some aspects is underrated and i think that would be a great combination so yeah that, that that that'll be really interesting to see um now getting to our next review with cleo souls heaven um in her new project you know there's a lot of tracks about maturity and life lessons uh there's personal and, and communal healing as her voice is just integral to, to popular music and can carry a song to just amazing heights and you know me and savon uh we reviewed her her last album mother and were really blown away by it. And I feel as though she's one of those artists that is um, refreshing to hear because she has like maturity in her music, but also has great range, great voice. Uh, she says she's going to be putting out another album soon called Gold. So she, she, she's really doubling up on, on the releases. But uh, what did you think about this project? Um, because Mother did set a high bar for me. It wasn't as good to me as Mother was, but I still think this was quality R&B and she's going to be around for a long time. This was actually my introduction to Cleo Soul. And Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Like this this was my first time actually hearing like a like a full length deal from Cleo Soul. And I get to the ninth I get to the ninth song on the album and it's done. And I'm just like, Oh, that's it? Like yeah, like I I wanted more. Yeah, I, like I I wanted more from her. Like it, it the, the album itself is remarkable. Like, yeah, I like there as far as the as far as the albums, as far as the albums that we're doing reviews on, there's not a bad album that came out. As far as the albums that we're doing reviews on right now, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I have to go back and listen to Mother to to see the to to see the dichotomy between between the two but this but this one this one this one this one did it for me heaven heaven is actually my favorite song on the whole album yes um, heaven is incredible that's an incredible yeah he- heaven fo- followed by golden child but but heaven heaven is my joint and and i because i i remember listening to it the the for the first time um when the list of of albums we were reviewing was sent to me and i just i was stuck <laughs> I was stuck on for I stuck on heaven for a minute. I was like, ah, I know I gotta listen to the rest of this album to give a proper review. Uh, but I'm stuck right here. Like, yeah, this, 
It's one of those. It's one of those. Um, but yeah, like re- remarkable album. I have I had always been hearing a lot about Cleo Soul from from people because um the 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 type of art the type of R and B that I'm listening to now I'm really stuck in the I'm stuck in the Alex Isley pocket I'm stuck in the Lucky Day pocket yes I'm stuck in the Masego pocket sure. um so th- with all of that people was always telling me bro like you gotta listen to Cleo Soul like like she she like bad bad I was like You're different it's like all right you know like it's, I'll get to it <laughs> whole, whole thing. yeah like exactly because it's like I'm like there's so much thing. music there's so much music like sometimes I'm really like yo just just give me some time I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get to it because it's just it's almost over last last Friday was really overwhelming because we really had a Nas and Diddy album drop on the same night. It's just like which one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, yeah. like what y'all want me to do, bro? Like yeah. these, these the, the the two giants, yeah, two giants just drop some heat. So, sure. um, but no, yeah, Cleo Soul. This this Heaven album is this Heaven album is top 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 notch. It's up there, and um, and if she dropping another one, like, and I'm thinking that one. Might really be the one if she's dropping that one like this soon. Mm-hmm. I, I just get a certain feeling when artists, like we said with Magic Three, how soon they drop Magic Three. I feel as though they're like, this is the one I really wanted to put out, but I had to put out this other one because of contract obligations. But <laughs> I feel as though yeah. the next project, Gold, really might be the one. So it, I'm, this because because even with that, like when when Nas was like Magic Three. Out on my birthday at nine PM, I was like, "Oh, he got something." Like, I, don't, I was like, "I don't know what it is." He got something, but he 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 was upset with how people, <laughs> how, how people like, talking about magic. Too. Y'all talking down like, on my name. Y'all talking down on my name. <laughs> like, Let me make sure y'all know who I am. Let me yeah. remind y'all right quick. For sure, definitely. And that was it. So no, like I I I I, I like the. I like the space that we're in now when it comes to when it comes to albums that have been released this year. Um so far ain't nobody to- so far ain't nobody topping Killer Mike. Like that's still my album. That's still my album of the year right now. Mike is still my Michael is still the album of Mike. It's still my album that of al- the year. That album meant something. That album that album meant a lot. Yeah, that, that was really that did. was that, that was a substantive type of album. It really did, and, and knowing, knowing the place, literally and figuratively, that Killer Mike is from, and the headspace that he's in, um, as an artist and as a person, I, I understand that album. I understand that album a lot better than a lot of things that that have come out this year. But um, magic magic three ain't that magic three for me ain't that far behind, and um, there's been some other incredible projects to to come through. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else. What, yes, I'm trying to think of what else has dropped that's been like really like. Black Thought dropped dropped an album that I really liked. Um, yeah. Black, Black Thought is just one of my favorites overall. Um, the, I, I will say Tyler the Creator's Lost Sales Estate. It wasn't an album. But like the six songs he added on, I was like, "Yo, I can't wait to hear what Tyler's got next." 
Um, because to me, I think he's just he's just building and building on every Sorry. project, every release he's making. And Larry June's album with Alchemist. Oh, was, that's the one. That's the one. Yes, bro. Yes. Larry June's album with Alchemist is amazing. My Larry June's like, it's, Larry, uh, and the way that they rolled out the album, the visuals Love they him. gave us for the album, smooth. Um, just the behind the scenes, vi- like all of it. Um, I I like. I like how artists are now starting to utilize every area of content creation for album rollouts that they can that they can give us. Yeah. Um because Nas and Hitboy has been doing Nas and Hitboy since they've dropped Magic 3, they've been doing like these mini episodes on each other's IG pages around the the making of magic and also the making of the 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 six album I call it the saga the six album saga yeah <laughs> I like when artists do that I like when artists do because I was earlier this morning I was watching like the twenty three minute mini documentary of when Jay Z was making the black album and I was like man I wish artists would do this again like just show yeah. like like you don't even have to do an interview just show us the studio process you know what I mean it's just like I think like we would that would really like show a lot. And give a lot for the fans. Yeah, because nobody, no, nobody realizes the nobody realizes the the time and the intensity that goes into creating creating something of creating something of as much substance and much introspection as a as a reasonable doubt or as an illmatic mm-hmm. or or ready to die or life after death yeah. you know or or even or even in the case of Larry June the great escape like that like yes to, to see what what goes into making making these these albums um and, and for some artists they want their albums to be respected as works of art. So oh, yeah. to see what goes into these pieces of art um, is just incredible and impeccable. And um, I think that's I think that's the like honestly, like you said, that's that's the better move than to just do like a bunch of interviews and stuff. Like yo, like just give me just give me the process. Yeah, because it, because in that, um, especially when you're the type of artist. That you have a team, you have a team of people around you that's always in the studio. You're able to have conversations with these people, and the, and the conversations that leads to certain songs are even better than just sometimes the song itself, or even better than just whatever interview you could have gave Oprah Winfrey or <laughs> um, like, like yeah, whatever interview you could have gave Oprah Winfrey or whatever interview you could have gave Barbara Walters or, who, or whomever. <laughs> yeah. like, just sitting there and just talking with your people. Yeah. Um and that and that matriculating into an actual song That's so is what makes the is what makes the situation even greater. So yeah. Yeah. I mean I, I go back to like clips of like when Marvin Gaye was recording, I want you. They he showed live footage of him. He was just chilling on the sofa singing, and the bands go crazy. I'm like, this is what we just want to see artists be at work. <laughs> you know what it's, I mean? This all this all I want to see because yeah. it's incredible to watch the process. 
Yeah. Of and, and even like you said, you you went back and you watched the twenty three minute documentary of the process of how the black album. Yeah. Was to watch the process of how these historic albums are made. It's different. It's, it's better than anything else. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and now get into our next review with, with Drake and Scissors, uh, "Slime You Out." Um, in this new single, the song fo- focuses on expressing, you know, frustration and anger towards someone who's, you know, made mistakes and now seeking forgiveness and rec- reconciliation. Uh, SZA has, you know, another incredible uh, vocal performance, and um, and it's interesting because, like, this, me and Savon talk about single songs. Like, is this a single song? And, th- and this was felt more of like an album type of cut, um, one that fits more into the scheme of an album. And, and Drake has all tour. He said, "I'm coming with the old Drake. I'm coming with." the more melodic and and this sounded more so of like, he's going into that realm. And I, I'm intrigued to see how this is going to fit into the album. Um, and, and I like, and I really like this song a lot, but what did you think about this? And I mean, for all the dogs, it's been one of the most interesting rollouts Drake has had. He's on tour and he's been saying this album is going to come out and now it's coming out October 6th in Toronto. What, what do you think about this single? And also just the process of how this album could sound. The song was Okay. Um, bro could have kept that one line. Like he said, one line. Every, like he said, one line. Everybody knows in the song, and I'm just like, that's bro, what he like, does. He's the king of that, though, bro. Like he's the king. <laughs> like, brother, like you could have kept that line. Like, like if it's, if it's one line in life, brother, you could have kept you like you could have kept you could have kept beating you like American slaves. Like you could like, like that's the line. You could have kept my guy, like, cause I like for real, like I had to rewind it. I was like, yeah. Wait a minute, like, wait, let me make sure, let me make sure, let me make sure that we good on this. Yeah. Um, but I, I so I, I understand, I understand the space that the both that the both of them were coming from with this song, cause you got you got SZA coming off of her album. Yes. That's and well. most of and and she let us know that most of that album was about bro. Um, yeah, because of the fact that they used to date each other, and you know, hey, so I, hey, I like wait, wait, hold up, most of that was about him. Well, that's what she said in the interview. She said most of that album was about Drake because of the fact that they used to date each other, and so that's that's the. I, I feel like for this song, that was the whole dichotomy. It was like, yo, like, let me let me give you this, let me give you this quick response. You know, like, I I let you, I let you breathe. You know, <laughs> it's like I let you breathe, I let you live. Let me give you this response, and then you know, and then we can move on, and then we can move on and be cool. You know, what I'm saying like, I'm, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you live. Yeah, I'm gonna let you live with the album because the, the 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 album the album was nice. But but no, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm very interested to see what Drake comes with on what Drake comes with on this album, especially with him saying, "Yo, I'm going back to I'm going back to melodic Drake. I'm I'm going back to that guy because that guy is the guy that I used to always say to people." Um. Drake is one of the dopest songwriters out. Drake is one of the dopest songwriters out right now. Yeah, because we even, we haven't had a conversation about you telling me like, yo, like, because when I think we're when you were mentioning his, his great great albums, you're saying so far gone when he was in that pocket. That was just 
he was untouchable. Like he just kind of was mm-hmm. just, it was the perfect mesh of melodic, but still rapping over, you know, slower tempo beats. And then, yeah. and then, and then some high tempo ones, but still, it was just like, so far gone to me is still one of the three or four best projects he's ever, he's ever put out. Yeah. And, t- and, and take care is, and that's take care is my favorite, is my favorite Drake album. I got nothing was um, the same. Nothing was the same as my personal one. That's man, that's the one. Oh no, yeah, nothing was no, <laughs> nothing was the same. As, nothing was the same as number two for me. It's like it's take care. Nothing was the same, and because because everybody be trying to say to me, um, you can't really say so far gone because it was a mixtape, Jamil. Like yo, like we be counting, we be counting mixtapes all day long. Yeah, for bro. sure. So we count mixtapes. Yeah. Then it's so far gone. Take care, and and nothing was and nothing was the same in that order. Um, but yeah, I just I want for I want for Drake to solidify his place as solidify his place as one of the best songwriters in hip hop. Um, because it's a it's a difference between it's a difference between being an incredible MC and being an amazing songwriter. Um, being somebody who knows how to craft songs, who knows the science, the science of what a good song is supposed to sound like, and Drake Drake has mastered that science. Yeah. He literally has ma- he literally has mastered that science. And so hopefully, with this album on October the sixth, we get that. And that's why like, he's judged differently, because like. He's everybody says, Oh, I want a full rap out. That's not who Drake is. Drake is like, I'm gonna give you songs that you can play for years. Because a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of the songs people love are R and B tracks. Like yep. the Marvin's room. Like people like when people say like don't Drake and drive because you'll end up at a, at your ex's house, they're not they're not lying about that. Because you it. play you play a certain Drake song on the wrong on the wrong night and you <laughs> like you you put in a predicament. You know, and the next thing you know, you you not you not drunk texting that ex girlfriend. You're a Drake texting that ex girlfriend. I just yeah. I just miss you. I just oh, I'm just saying you could do better. I'm That's me. That's me. But, but the, the last thing the last thing I ask ask you about this because because I heard Joe Budden saying he thinks this album is an important album for Drake because there's been recent criticism over his recent work, like. Do you think this is an important album, like for for Drake legacy wise? Because because you said you want to see him solidify his songwriting status and kind of really kind of put himself in that upper tier. Because we know he's obviously goaded, but we kind of want to see him in that upper tier of just you know songwriting ability. Yeah, um, Scorpion had great moments. Scorpion had great moments, but it wasn't a great album. And um, and I and I really feel like. I feel and like Pusha T, and that Pusha T just changed a lot of that album. Yeah, I mean, we had to rework. We had to rework a lot of that. It absolutely did. I feel like Drake has many. I feel like Drake has many albums that were that have great moments, but I don't feel like Drake has a. I don't feel like Drake has an album that you can quintessentially say almost every song on the album or every song on the album hits. Um, I thought he was going to, like, bro, like, I thought he was going to do it with Certified Lover Boy. 
because from the moment that champagne poetry starts off, I, love that I was like, oh, this is, I was like, this is it. Like, champagne poetry is phenomenal. That's phenomenal. We finna get it. And then it was like, it was great moments, but the album was like, you know, if if I'm doing if I'm doing a five mic review, I'm giving Certified Lover Boy three and a half mics. Like it was it was decent, but like for me, the only two albums that you can kind of say Drake has Drake has a classic album because I, I think this I think this is a conversation that you and I have had and I've had this conversation with other people as well oh yeah yeah we talk about this a lot the the two albums that I can say could be certified classics would be nothing is the, nothing is the same yeah and nothing is the same and take care um because um and and we this is always going to be the thing. This is always going to be the thing with Drake. Drake's going to always be attached to J. Cole. Drake's going to always be attached to Kendrick. Yeah. Inevitably. Kendrick has... Kendrick legitimately has three solid classic albums. Yeah. Section 80, Good Kid, Good Kid Mad City, City and To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. And honestly, a possible fourth with Daniel. That's what I think, too. Um, yeah, I, th- I think... J. Cole has two solid classic albums in Force Hills, Force Hills Drive, and um, Born Center, um, and a poss- and a possible third with and a possible third with K.O.D. K.O.D. really good, bro. KOD. Like every every Drake album, you're gonna say. It's a possible classic. Drake doesn't have a definitive like Drake don't have a definitive classic album yet, and people get upset with me when I say Drake don't have a definitive classic album yet. Drake don't have a definitive classic album yet. Drake got Drake got songs that you could take from all of his albums and throw them on as one album, and that would be the that would be the definitive classic album. I I really want I want for this new I want for this new album to be the album where I'd be like okay Drake got Drake got a classic Drake got a classic album Drake got, like this it like like sun can stop right sun can stop right now October six October like, six we're gonna find out I know it's it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of hype it's definitely gonna be a yeah lot of hype. yeah um and now get into our last review with little Bro- brothers wish me well um and uh. Also, Glory, Glory, on these two new tracks dropped um, uh, last Tuesday. Fonte and Big Boo go back and forth over our producer, Dennis uh, Buma Cook's smooth instrumental. And then uh, Glory, Glory offers a similar vibe with the two trading bars over a minimalist uh, beat hook hooked up by Conductor Williams. And yo, this was like so refreshing to hear them back again because like, I mean, these little brothers, just, it's, just, it's just one of the best hip hop duos we've ever had. Fonte is, is just mm-hmm. is a, an incredible MC. Um, he's somebody who like I just I would love to, for him to do a master class on song on just lyricism and songwriting because I think he, he he really knows the techniques of it so well and has it mastered. Um, but what did you think about these two new tracks and just you know your your overall thoughts on it? 
Glory Glory is one of the best tracks to, that you will ever hear from Lil Brother. Like the 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 simplicity of the simplicity of the beat from from Governor or from from Conductor. The simplicity of the beat from Conductor is Conductor, we have a problem. <laughs> is amazing. Like it's it's amazing because I was I was waiting I was waiting for the drum track to come through and then I was like oh Conductor gave them a real Griselda beat. Like yeah. he gave them a beat that he would give, that he would give Rome Streets or or West Side Gun. Like he he gave them one of them, one one of the beats he would give Jay Worthy. Like here you go, yeah, do something with that. And listen, it was the perfect beat for Big Pooh to showcase how dope of an MC he is. Um, and then Fonte was just fun. Fonte is one of the, Fonte is one of the best MCs to ever come out of the South, but nobody will ever say it because he don't rap like he's from the South, and it's and and it's a shame because like Fonte will rap circles around name any one of your favorite MCs from the South. Fonte will rap circles around your favorite MC from the South. Oh yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, glory, glory, glory is my jam. Like I, I go back to that. I go back to that as much and as often as I as I possibly can. And it, it's the perfect, it's the perfect appetizer to give people who are going to be in Durham this weekend for the Made in Durham block party that they're doing mm. um, to celebrate twenty years of being twenty years of being a group. Like the the listening, their very first album came out. Oh my! Came God. out in two thousand two thousand and three. Like I I know that's like I know that's very that's that's very hard for people to believe. But they've been they've literally been doing this for twenty years, and they've been consistently doing this either as a group or a solo artist for 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 twenty for twenty years. Yeah. Um. And, you know, um, knowing the story of why they're, knowing a story of why they're now a duo, um, I still give as much props to Knife Wonder being an integral part of the group in the early process with the first, with the first two albums. Um, because you, you just, you don't know, you don't know Lil Brother without it being Fonte, Rapper Big Pooh, and Knife and Knife Wonder. Yeah. They, but but Fonte and Pooh still carry on the, the little brother name and they carry it on with 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 pride. And hopefully, um hopefully, I mean, you know, it's 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 a wish. And I probably might not get this wish, but hopefully they they give us a set at this at this block party and it's and it's the three of them. Like, Man. Just, I, I, no, I, want that, I want that in life. Like, <laughs> I, I want that in life. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, I get my wish. Yeah, so. <laughs> that would be an amazing <laughs> one. That would be an amazing moment. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with our Father's Day at Kurt Franklin story review. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our Father's Day at Kirk Franklin Story Review. And um, to start the overview, this was obviously a new documentary premiered on his YouTube page. Um, Chronicles Kirk Franklin's you know, life-changing discovery and ongoing journey. Um, this is a deeper look into his personal story. And this was 
you know, such a, a powerful short film as he prepares for his, you know, 13th studio, studio album, Father's Day, um, dropping, I, I believe, next week. Um, but man, like this was this was a really because when you, you recommended um, this this as a review and it was such a great a great watch, but also a heavy watch because I mean you can see how much he's he's battling, obviously not knowing who your, your real father was up until the moment he was announced at this point of his life was something that was just so traumatic and something he was having to grapple with. Um, what did you initially think of this documentary and everything Kirk was experiencing in it? To be in the middle of to be in the middle of recording an album and in the middle of recording an album, getting a phone call from a family friend and them telling you, hey, so your real father might actually still be alive. The person you thought was your biological father might not be your biological father and the biological father might actually still be alive. And to then take this test and the other person takes the test, then you find out, you find out not only is your biological father alive, but your biological father actually lives in the same neighborhood where your studio is and been living there for countless, num- countless numbers of years. So you could, you, you, you could have, you could have already seen, seen bro. Oh, yeah. And like I can only be I can only be sympathetic to the situation because of um because of the the strong relationship that I have with my biological father as well as with my stepfather. But it it's that's that's hard. That's super and, hard. And, and to watch in real time all these people at the table your your biological father your biological mother your biological mother not believing or not wanting to believe that this is that this is your father and and re- refusing to believe it's your father wanting to Wanted to dismiss dismiss this whole ordeal. Um, I, I I say to people, there's a lot of there's a lot of real significant trauma there. Yeah, like there's a lot of trauma there, and everyone involved, everyone involved has to unpack that trauma. has to unpack that trauma in their own time. Yeah, in a different way. Um, you can't, that's a situation that you can't force people into unpacking because um, because you'll get, you'll get what we saw. You'll, you'll, you'll get the results of, of what we saw. And um, you know, like I be having countless people tell me, like, yo, like it. It seems like you be, it seems like you be caping for the women, mad. You be caping for the women, mad hard, bro. Like, you, there were so many wrongs that occurred 
in this. There were so many wrongs that occurred in this situation. Yeah. And the only person that was not in the wrong in the situation is the child in the situation. And I think in the end, we all need to respect the feelings of this of this child. Yeah. Um, and, that and that I, and has I, to be that has to be the center of the focus. Like, yo, Kirk didn't was it wasn't in control of this happening the way it happened. He's the most innocent one out of all all three of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, and 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 if there's one thing that if there's one thing I wish would have been better handled by all parties involved is to respect the is to respect the emotions and respect the place that the child is in right now. Cause even though even though Kirk is 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 good and grown, um when you're in situations like that, it's you're you're now taken back to the place that you were as a child. Yeah. Feeling abandoned, feeling neglected, not feeling not feeling loved, not feeling accepted. Um I, I think the one I think the one good thing one of the good things that comes out of this situation is the repairing of the relationship between Kirk and his son Carrie and his son Carrion. Yeah, exactly. And then that's that's the one great thing because once again, watching that play out in real time and you know the the, the infamous viral video of Kirk calling carry on everything but the child of God and um just that relationship and how that's how that's panned out. Um but 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 carry on understanding the understanding the importance when Kurt goes to him and says to him, hey, so I know that there are things that we need to work out. Yeah. But it's something that I need to tell you that's of great importance, not just to me, but to our family as a whole. And it can ch- it changes the dynamic of our family. And for him to then tell him, um, your biological, your biological grandfather is not the person that you thought he was, is not the person that we thought he was, and he's actually still alive. For Carrie to understand the importance of that and not write his father off like, well, you didn't ever care about, you, you, you still don't care about my feelings and how I feel about X, Y, Z and this. For him to recognize the moment that they're in is a, is a remarkable testament to who he is, as, to who he is as a person. Because we don't know we don't know the severity of the hurt and the pain and the trauma that that he's going through. Yeah. Because Tammy not Tammy not his biological mother. Yeah. And 
And so, you know, you get thrown, you get thrown in this blended family and then you grow up, you grow up, you start realizing that the, the person that I am is not going the person that I am is not going to be accepted by society and more so is not going to be accepted by the industry that my father is in because my father is in the gospel music industry and the lifestyle that I, the lifestyle that I live as the authentic person that I am, isn't going to be that like, you know, and so in knowing that, in knowing that we're not really sure, we aren't really sure the space that Kirk and Carrion was in whenever Carrion decided to come out. Yeah, exactly. So that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother space, and that's a whole nother story in in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but from this. You know, seeing at the end of it, it's like, yo, Kirk and Carrion are repairing their relationship and um, repairing their relationship and getting on a better, getting to a better place and in a better space. I, I, I think that was one of the great, that was one of the great moments to come, to come out of this. I just, I, I know for certain that. I know for certain that if anything, we need to respect the we need to expect respect the emotional fabric of the children that are, and, this. That are going through this. It's going through the scenario because this this is hard, bro. Is. And, I, and and I feel like it's still hard. It's not something that's done. It's like, yo, know, they're skilled. That that's the thing about this. This documentary wasn't just like, oh, this is uh, the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end of the process. Like, no, like they're still in the process. It's not even mm-hmm. like one of those things is finished. He's just showing you a glimpse of, hey, this is what I'm going through as I'm making this album, and the process is, is in really hasn't even started because I'm really just having to all process all of this, and now my family members are having to do the same. Yeah, 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 and then. And then because because I feel like in finding this out, it also changed the fabric of it changed the fabric of the album. Yeah. It it changed the fabric of it changed the fabric of the album. Like I don't I I'm more than certain Bro One Finna call the album Father's Day. Oh no. There was there was like no way that was going to be the original title. Like this like drastically, like 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 we said about um, you know, with the with the with with Scorpion, how like when when Pusha T re- re- revealed, hey, yo, Drake has a son. Mm-hmm. Drake had to restructure how that album sounded. He was like, oh, I gotta like explain, I got a kid. I can't just go yep. through and put out an album and everybody knows I have a kid. I don't I don't address it with Kirk. It's like this whole theme of this project now is centered around the fact that he found out who his real dad is. Yeah, and, and um. And, and to share that with, to share that with the singers that are going to be on, that are going to be on this album, it now gives them an even more added boost on 
how how even they want to approach the album now because yes. most of these singers have either been singers that's been around since Rebirth of Kurt Franklin, or some of them have been around since Kurt Franklin and the family. And so Bro, that's a whole different era. Like that's they know. Yeah. Like they 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 know and they understand like, oh, like you now just mean your real dad? You mean to tell us that the person that you cried over, like, and we sat with you and cried over with, that guy wasn't your dad. This is this is your, like, you That's know, you know um, phenomenal stuff. Like, it, it, and the way that it was put, the way that it was put together, oh, was, yeah. was phenomenal. It was like he didn't try to, he didn't try to overproduce it. He didn't try to like. You know, he just gave, he was like, yo, I'm just going to give y'all raw footage. Like, like raw footage. We're not going to be mic'd up. None of that. Y'all going to get this how it is. And y'all just, y'all just going to have to accept it. And it, and, and it, and it, it complimented, complimented the raw emotion that's attached to, that's, that's attached to, attached to this. The raw emotion mm-hmm. that is attached to what it is that we're going through, the roller coaster ride that we're going through. Because a lot of us that's watching it, that we we day one, we oh, day yeah. one Kurt Franklin fans. Yeah. So like beginning. to see this and it's like, oh man, oh okay. You know, it's it's this it hit. It hit hard and it hit hard. It did the job that it was supposed to do. And, and you know, even more, I guess, from a marketing standpoint, it did the job that it was supposed to do. If you want, I was going to say marketing. I was going to say them. I, I, and I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, it makes you really want to listen to the album more. Like, yeah, album, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> if I want to hear this album because it's a Kurt Franklin album, I really want to hear this album now. For like, sure. I, I legitimately want to hear this album. The marketing is, is exactly is how he approaches how he. Uh, that's another thing. How do you approach from a gospel music standpoint the abandonment? That's the going abandonment to be so of your father, yeah. the abandonment of your mother, and finding out. Yeah. This is this is your dad, how your dad and your mom conceived you, all of it. Like, how do you approach that from a gospel music perspective? That's not a thing where it's like it's you, not it's that, not just cut you know cut paste and dry. It, it, it's just it's not that simple because I was mm-hmm. thinking about that too. I was like, this is gonna be a different type of album for Kirk to construct to have to like put this something that's a real you know that's a jarring life reality into mm-hmm. a gospel album and make that interweave into what we what we think of as a Kirk Franklin gospel album. That's it's gonna sound yeah. a lot different. It's gonna sound a lot, a lot different than a traditional Kirk Franklin gospel album. Like you can just you can't just put um you can't just you you can't just insert you insert scripture here. Insert catchy cliched catchy cliched church phrase here. Insert um insert small sermonette from my pastor and this, like, you yeah. cannot do that. Like, you can't do that. And um, and, and I feel like if there's anybody in 
if there's anybody in the gospel music genre that can pull this off, Kurt. it's Kurt. <laughs> it's Kurt. Kurt pulled this off. He's, like, the guy, he's the guy for this. He's the guy. <laughs> <for this. laughs> um, and and and, and uh, for another for another topic that that uh, I have for this in terms of like just some of the moments of the the documentary, um, I had the introduction, uh, Kirk's recording studio scene. Obviously, Kirk getting the news and confirmation about who his dad was. Kirk meeting his dad. Uh, Kirk visiting his mom, Deborah, about the situation, and then. Obviously, I think one of the the, mo- the standout moments and just what really stuck with me was, was Kirk seeing his son again for the first time in two years, talking to him about the news. Like, like what, what particular moments of this documentary do you kind of like go back to the most and be like, man, that was the one that the, the part of it that really stood s- out to me. Him, him seeing carry on and yeah. him seeing carry on for the first time in two years and letting him know your grandfather is this person. This is your granddad. This is this is this is the lineage. This is the lineage we come out of, and because I, I think I think it was even more important to carry on as it was to Kirk, because now it's like whatever type of little idiosyncrasies we have as the the, the father and son dynamic that we have. Yeah. I can, tr- I can, I have somebody that I can physically trace that back to. I have somebody that I can, I can put my hands on them. I can pick up a phone. Hey, why is it that I act this way? Yeah. Oh, well, it's because of this, this, and, you know. Um, and then the, for, for me, it was the, it was the table scene, the, the full table scene. With um, Kirk's dad, Kirk's mom, all of the other family friends, and just um, it's it, it just it goes back to everybody in that space has to deal with the trauma in their own way and in their own time. But the one thing you still have to do is you have to respect the child Involved. in the situation because the child had no control over how they got here. Yeah. And the child had no control over who the people were that got him here. Um, and so if, if anything, I just, I hope that, um, I hope that Kirk and his mom were able to really have a conversation around, around that piece because, um, Candace Bimbo, who is one of my, one of my favorite, um, I call I call her the, I call her one of the hood theologians because she she really is but but she intricately breaks down she intricately breaks down scripture as well as um, Christianity from a black lens. She said two things. She said two things can be right, and two things that can be right is the trauma that Kirk's mother is dealing with needs to be addressed. But the way that she handled Kirk in the space of her trauma 
that's wrong, but the trauma that she's dealing with needs to be that needs to be addressed. Yeah. As well. For sure. Um, and so I think that's I think that's the best that's the best explanation that we can give as far as um as far as that the the table scene. Both Kirk's both Kirk's mom and Kirk's dad were mad young when they conceived and birthed yeah. Kirk Franklin. And you know you 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 give them away, you do the things that like you you're still dealing with you're still dealing with that piece. You're still dealing with the piece of um thinking that it's one person when it's actually like it's cause you you're dealing with that also. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it's it's this person. No, it actually is this person. No, I don't want to accept the fact that it's this I don't want to accept the fact that it's this person, but the the, the DNA is telling you it's it's, it's this person. It's this person. <laughs> yeah. um, and but there's um there's unanswered there's unanswered trauma once again it's unanswered trauma that she's dealing with and you know I I, I think we can. I think we can really acknowledge the fact that even in spite of the unanswered trauma that you're dealing with, you 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 still gotta respect the you still gotta respect the space that your child is in. Yeah. And um, and and I think part of that may I think part of that may have also been the fact that um. The attachment that a mother has to their child mostly comes from the fact of being heavily involved in the raising and rearing of the child. And it's not something that, that's not something that happened with Kirk, you know? And so, you don't know at times how to actually approach the situation because it's not a situation that you really had to deal with because you didn't this wasn't somebody that you raised and it's and it's not to it's not to and and enemy saying that it's not to condemn her it's that's just the situation. The reality. Uh, it's the reality of the situation. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and the last topic I wanted to get to was some of the quotes in it. Um, I had, I've hated one man my whole life and he didn't deserve it. Also, I got to process this moment. Uh, I'm processing a lie. I just want to remind you that you deserve so much more. Um, people that I've worked with, they become my family. And then finally, I'm letting them hear and see what I'm going through. And, and I mean, that quote right there, I'm letting them hear and see what I'm going through. That pretty much summarized the entire documentary. He's letting the world inside of, of a the biggest one of the biggest situations he's ever experienced. Like you said, the the people that are on his team, the um, the singers, they've had they're having to ex- experience this as well because they're and, and process this as well because they're 
they were thinking this was somebody else for so many years and mm-hmm. now they're like oh it's not and we gotta rework the album and and, and put a different theme behind it but uh, uh were there any quotes or maybe one quote that that kind of uh, um you know stood out to you for this for this documentary honestly the um I'm then people seeing here that one um I think this is the most this is the this is the every era of Kirk has given us a space where Kirk can be vulnerable and vulnerable and real with us from the from the the the, the infamous Oprah interview where um he confesses to his addiction to pornography to the space where he had um the space where he had multiple lawsuits coming from both members of the family as well as members of God's property um to where he had to completely revamp his whole entire he had to revamp his whole entire career yeah um, really from that to to the 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 infamous phone call with him and Karen to now like he's given us in every era of Kurt Franklin yeah a space for him to be as vulnerable as he would allow us to see him be but I think with the, I think with Father's Day we've gotten the most vulnerable piece of Kurt Franklin that we can handle yeah I don't think we can handle anything. I don't think we can handle anything else after this. Nah. Like this is the max. This is the max. I don't think that we can handle anything else after this. I, I think it's like, yo, after Father's Day, just take us back to Stomp and the reason why we sing. Because this is this is it, brother. Yeah. Like this, this you is what us, it gets. You putting us through. You putting us through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, J- Jamil, man, it's an absolute pleasure. It's always having you on. Great convo. I mean, you and me can, can do this for as as many hours as, as it's human, human, humanly possible, but uh, appreciate it so much, bro. Nah, man, I appreciate y'all once again. Thanks to Full Scope, and just, you know, whenever y'all need me, man, hit me up. Holler. Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Winter Burns. This has been Full Scope. See you later.